What is going on, my beautiful people? We are back with another episode. This is episode number 16. Talks with Prices Motivation is the podcast. We are available on all platforms. I don't want to hear no excuses. I'm getting a lot of great feedback. A lot of people telling me they need these episodes. These episodes are essential for their growth process. Come on, come on, come on. Give it to me. Still shout out to Houston, LA. It's still number one on my list. Y'all make sure y'all check this 16th episode of my podcast out talks with prices motivation keep following the movement on instagram facebook and twitter peace out hey my beautiful people what is going on with everybody today i have a reoccurring special guest with me today tell the people what's going on slim what up people so this is my 16th podcast episode and last week when we recorded um episode 15 the conversation was what will be next shadiqua already came up with you know kind of branching into the part two as you if you go back in my episodes you will see i did a part one on my book um which is called the non-perfect guide to parenting make sure you go to amazon.com and get that book it is essential it is essential it is essential it is essential so I said I was going to do a part two, and I wanted to be a roundtable with a lot of different mothers. And so far, I have not been able to bring everybody together because everybody's scheduling. So, said tonight, tonight, I said I was going to do um, an episode on pretty much like childhood dysfunction. And then I said adult dysfunction. Then Slim said, no, we're going to name it. Breaking generational curses. Booyah. And I said, you know what? That's going to be good. Because we was already leaning towards that. We already leaning towards that. But I, I just was like, I didn't know what I was going to put it for the title. So tonight on the 16 podcast episode, we will be speaking on that. And how this come about with me writing a book. Um, I started to gain a new perspective with motherhood. Um, it was a lot of things I was doing that I felt like. My mother didn't do, and I feel like I was going to make sure I gave to my kid. My father didn't do, I feel like I was going to make sure that she had. And so from there, I started building my mind to become the best person possible through self-development work, through working on my patience, through working on being a more disciplined person, through working on being a more empathetic person, a more sympathetic person. And so I said, I'm going to give my baby everything that she needs and more. And with that, the non-perfect guide to parents, and I was already said, I already said I was gonna write that when my baby was in my stomach. I said I just want to write about the journey and like what to expect and things that we can do different, because I talked to so many people and we continuously, all of us, some of us are holding grudges, some of us are learning to let go, but most of all, everything in your adulthood, it comes somewhere. It comes from. It's a root. It's a root to it, and that leads back to your childhood. So someone in your childhood, some kind of disconnection, something, person or a place you didn't like, and you reacted certain ways, and, you know, we didn't have much say when we was younger. You know, my grandmother is from up north. She has that cold attitude. My mother is from up north, but I don't, I won't say it's a her, her being from up north. They're from Connecticut. My grandma's from New York. My mom's from Connecticut. Slim people from up north. Jersey in the building. Shout out to New Jersey. But I wouldn't say that's an up north thing, but I, I just would say that from that time, they was more taught to survive instead of love and give and yeah, be open. You know what I mean? There's a lot. It's a lot of 
it's a much faster pace up north than it is down south. Right. So, like, I definitely would say a little of that come from that. And in me understanding that, in me understanding that there are things and, and, and it's certain situations that come up with you learning to forgive people, you do have to understand where they get it from or why didn't they have it or what, you know. And that's where I learned my forgiveness. I learned my forgiveness in saying, you know, my mother did what she knew. Her mother did what she knew. My father did what he knew. His father did what he knew. Uh, you know, what he was taught. And it's like, when you start to see it like that, and some of the things that they even did, it makes a lot of sense. As we grow up, it's like, ah, that made a lot of sense. She used to say that she used to do this. I agree and disagree with that. What you guys saying? Because that's just like when people grow up mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, generational curses. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, if your parent was not a good parent, they didn't have a good role model. Right. But at what point does one come and say, okay, well, I didn't have the best role model. I'm going to make this different for my child. Like, I, I get what you're saying. You don't know better, so you don't know how to do better. But at the right. same time. I get what you're saying, too. But that's just like somebody saying, they they 10 years old and they're still saying, well, he he young. You know, he know right from wrong. Yeah. However. I got generational curses. I got the definition. Well, well, in my head, I say it is, it is a cycle of dysfunction passed from generation to generation unconsciously. And see, by me saying unconsciously, I mean, I say, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying, you know, I agree with what you're saying. Because I feel like with me, it's so many things that you still, I still can sit up and say, I wouldn't talk that. I was, talk, you know, but I'm doing mostly the things that I feel like I should be doing, I feel like I'm doing right right now. Yeah, but so you had a great moment. I did have a great mother. Shout out to Nicole Price. She's a great mother. She's still a great mother. I feel like I had a great group of women, period. But I do feel like you do not look at it. And I'm going to say this unconscious because my mama grown up, I've heard her say this a couple times. She's like, you only live once. It'll be something we finna spend some money on. And I'd be like, well, that's a lot or something like that. Even when I used to make A's in sixth grade. Like, when I come from, when I came from school in the sixth grade, and my poor car had our A's, we would go to Central Plaza Mall, I'd get shoes. One of them used to be like, what, what, you know, like, they was kind of frowning upon. Like, she get, I used to make, I had straight A's. We would go straight to the mall. That's when Parisians and Sears and all that stuff was in there. Cold looking in the shoe department. She would get, make perfume, and I'd get a pair of shoes. Well, of my choice, because I had straight A's. And I've heard her say more than one time, you only live once. So whatever money she didn't have in that moment, she was going to blow it because you only live once. I found myself, as I've got older, literally saying, you only live once. Spending unconscious. I'm not thinking twice about, I don't have it, what happened to the next day. But when I was like 18, 19, 20, 21, I would be like, you only live once. If I had it, it's gone. So that was something that you were taught. It, it was something that I saw, like I as I didn't realize until like three years ago. I heard her say this a couple times, and then I'm playing as I play it back. I'm like, where would I get that from? And just feel like you know you're supposed to just blow money even if you don't have it, or even if. And I remember just like I've heard her say, "You only live once." I've heard her still say it to her dog, "You only live once," and I didn't even think about that until three years later. I mean, three years ago. You know, and I'm in my late thirty, I'm late twenties, so I'm thinking about like, wow, this came from my mama. This came from my mama. So I didn't even think about it. 
you know? So that's what I mean when I say things are done unconsciously. A lot of things are done unconsciously. It's, it's from cycle to cycle. A lot of kids, we a lot like a lot of our moms, we'll say, we'll say they pick, made poor choices in men. Some of us, some of our moms made poor choices in men. What do you think we out here doing if we weren't taught nothing different? We'll make the poor choices. Same choices. Same decisions. Because you got that in you somewhere that you saw or you weren't taught or you just, it, it's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. It's a psychological thing. If I feel like if you really want to get deep, 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 because this is what I see. This is what I see. This is what I see. I don't have to say nothing about it. I don't have to react on it. But as I continue to grow older, it's already in there. It's implanted. Because they say from one through seven years old, that's when you get programmed with everything that you're going to pretty much go on and from your morals, your values, and everything from ages one through seven, you are being programmed them, them first seven years of your life. Mm-hmm. So I got a question for you then. What would you what would you say is the number one thing you have would wanted for your parents to have done different? It's a must answer question. What what is the number one thing you would have wanted? You can name from mother or father, or you can say both. And I'm gonna start off by saying this. What I'm about to say don't mean that my parents were bad people. I mean I feel like despite the problems that they had they still did a pretty good job of raising us yes they did um i would say just i mean addiction is a it's a slippery slope mm-hmm. it's rough on kids i mean and you know growing up you see it's rough on the person that is addicted right too like can you imagine the level of guilt that you have when you like placing all this stuff upon your children and you can't even stop yourself because of the addiction. I'm making an excuse for it, but, you know, you get older, you get to understand stuff. But I would say, I would say, I wish that we would have been, like, in a more stable environment and not had to see, like, a lot of the things we saw. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Did you when, feel like the things you saw still helped groom you to be, like, you know, like, I feel like we was exposed to a lot growing up in the projects. Do you feel like they still got your hand and not being so, so sheltered and knowing what's going on out here at an early age? Or do you feel like you just wish all together you just would have been? Did it help you a little bit as well as hurt you? Or did it just all, all around hurt you, you feel like? Um, I don't know. A coping mechanism I used was to just not care about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they grown. I'm their child. I can't do nothing to change this. So I'm just, I can't care about this. Like, right. I would see, like, you know, my sister, bless her little heart, super sensitive and emotional. Um, She didn't process the way I processed. Right. I just didn't care. I mean, shit, I, I left the house and I was, what, about 15, 16, maybe 14. Yeah. You know, so you, you just deal with things differently. But yeah, I think, I think that um, yeah, they did definitely set the tone for a lot of a lot of things that we do wrong goes back to childhood, right man. That's it why does. it's so important to it raise is. these kids right. It is, it's and so it, I mean, and you, I can't stress it enough. I say like I to from 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 what you dress them like from to. You telling them you love them, to you giving them hugs, to you showing them attention, even when you know they being bratty, mm-hmm. to what you feed them, to what you 
the manners to what you teach them, Keeping what you your te- promises to your kids. Man, I'm telling you. One thing I didn't it like. It matters. Um, it might be petty, but I remember always asking my mama, my dad, a question. They be like, "Don't question me." Right. If my child comes and she asks me, like, if I say no, you can't have it. She say, "Why, mama?" I'm un- I'm explaining to her mm-hmm. why instead of just saying because I said so. Exactly. Now, if she on some little smart mouth stuff, you know what I'm saying, being like a little bratty about it. Right. Well, you know, yeah, you remember that's what I told you about the kids had in the center. They asked me, I'm gonna tell y'all this scenario. So the kids in the center, I work with kids, and um, they they was asking me where was I going tonight because they they was like, you look so good, Miss Brittany, you got your hair done. Where you going? So I was like, I don't know, I might have a little date. And um, I was just telling them, I t- I was telling, I said I might have a date. I'm gonna go here, go there. You know, I pretty much told them how the night went. And they was like, oh, you telling us where you going, Miss Brittany? So I said, yeah. I said, if y'all ask me, I'm gonna tell y'all. So one one little boy he said um he was like if I asked mom would have asked my mama that he either said she would have hit me in my mouth or she would have told me to shut up and sit down he was so shocked that I actually just simply told him where I was going and they are they only words you know what I mean I'm just telling him and he said and he did say, he said we want to know where my mama going because just in case something happened to her or something I think little Easy told me this and that's one of my little definitely my little one of my little buddies but. Just as simple, something simple as you telling your kid, hey, I'm going here tonight, baby. You know, that conversation. These kids want to feel validated. They want that attention. They want to know you care. They want to hear from you. That's why I be saying people say their kids act up and they'll be like, the grandma try to do things, the auntie try to do things for them. They'll still act up because they want to feel, they yearn for their mother's touch. They yearn for their daddy's touch. They want these things that their mother get them, their daddy get them. Nobody else can get this to them. Nobody else have that bond like a mother and a father. So it's like when so many people try to step in and do things with these kids, you want this from your mama. Girl, little girls want their mama to tell them they pretty. Yeah, a guy might tell them they look good or they pretty, but they want to hear that from their mama. They want to hear that from their daddy. And it's imperative that you do tell them because if not, somebody else going to tell them and they going to get them way quicker than you, you ever thought that somebody would get hold to them. That's all they got to hear is from somebody else. So you got to start at home. You got to hear these things at home. Because I, let me say, I say with me, I just always hear I was pretty. I was, you know, with me, I feel like if it's something that could have been done different. Girl, who been lying to you all your life? Girl, I've been hearing all my life that you're so pretty. You are. You are gorgeous, lady. You're so pretty. My grandma, my daddy, mama, she's always like telling me I'm good at everything. She called me a superstar. That's when I used to, that's when I was the only baby. I was the baby. And um, she used to always be telling me that I was good at everything. I used to rub her coins. I used to rub her coins and stuff with being gay and stuff. So she's like, you good at it. <laughs> but I was. But um, rest in peace to my grandma, Shelly and Makai. I miss my grandma. But I, but I definitely feel like if it was something that, I say, I wish my mama could have did different. Um, wow. That's not easy for me to think, you know, because I, I appreciate mm-hmm. the the things my mama didn't do right. And I appreciate the things she, and I, I guess probably because I'm at, I'm at peace right now in my life with so many things. And I'm not making everything seem like it's perfect, but I'm at peace with a lot of things. But I will say this. Okay, I will say this. Um, I wish that my mother knew how good of a job that she did all throughout the process, even the tough times. 
I want her. I wish she knew that she, you know, it was you was appreciated. Like I, I can remember my throat like being sore at like two o'clock in the morning, and when Alice drugstore was open, she went and got me some uh, chloroceptic. You know, stuff like that. Like I just, I wish that she would have known that she was doing such a good job that she didn't. They didn't have to keep shoving material things. You know what I mean? We uh, what she was doing was enough, and I feel like that's another thing too. That material things over the love and affection and the hugs and stuff we got to get out of that thinking that like come on now you don't have to be buying us everything and doing that most of these kids they won't respect you later on or you you creating like i say materialistic monsters i talk about that in the book y'all make sure i go to amazon.com and get the non-perfect guides to parents and materialistic monsters you think giving kids the world is gonna soothe them over and make them feel better when they just want a conversation or a hug or you know the little things they want the little things. And for all of us, the little things matter to all of us. And I say we create and enable us as we continue to get older. When you give us these things and material things, you're young and it keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. These kids lose respect. They start talking to you crazy. They get entitled. They get enabled. It gives you so many labels and when they get older. And other people have to deal with your kids out here in the world. So you got to remember that you're not the only person that's going to have to deal with your kid. Other people have to deal with your kid. So I definitely think my mother, the material-wise, and, you know, giving us everything because she did what she knew. I appreciate it because we ain't never really have to want for nothing. But it was more of we needed more of the conversation, the hugs, the kisses, the I love you. She'd say good job and stuff like that, and she was working and stuff. We was playing sports. But it was definitely, it was needed way more. You know, the, the attention, the affection and stuff was needed way more than the material things. But, again, she did what she knew. So I definitely would say that would be mine. I know a girl. I won't name them because I ain't got time. But she would tell or say certain things to her kids. And I was like, why would why you do that? You know, she'd be like, what? My mom and my dad did it to me? And I'd right. be like, but does that make it right? Right, exactly. And that's why I say cycle of dysfunction passed from generation to generation. I feel like with us. It requires work to do the right thing. It does, but okay, let me use this as an example because it's the only thing I can come up with. Right. Kind of reminded me of the of the saying, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have people who have been molested right. at a young age, mm-hmm. and although they know it made them feel terrible and just completely changed them forever right they would still grow and do the same thing to somebody else and say oh it happened to me so that's kind of like my train of thought on it why inflict this same pain that you went through on something you created the saying i've originally heard was people hurt people where they hurt it and that's 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 what i've always heard and that's what seems to be true. That's what seems to be true. It, it, I, don't, I, don't, I, I mean, I understand that. Right. But my way of thinking... It's more like... Yeah, it's more like... um, It's definitely it's definitely true. I mean, even with relationships, like... Okay, we'll say, we'll say, you know, you get with a guy. You tell a guy everything... You need to tell him, and everything that he needs to know is like, okay, I went through this, I went through that, I went through this. 
and you will tell him everything you've been through. And he going to hurt you in that exact spot, in that exact way, that exact time frame. Look, in the same way. He going to hurt you the same way. So, overall, I feel like that is definitely, that is definitely a thing. That is definitely a thing. People don't hurt you where they hurt it. Hurt people. Hurt people do hurt people. Hurt people do hurt people. So, as a kid coming up, do you feel like the curses, the certain curses, like, okay, we might be financial, illiterate financially, um, we dealt with verbal abuse, health-wise, I mean, a lot of things we pass down, ways that we cook, ways that we handle the kids, ways that we talk to our kids. All of these things. Learn behavior that's embedded deep within your mind. It's learned. Yeah. It's learned. But everything can be unlearned. That's right. And that's the whole thing about it. I mean, you have so many things and you have so many factors going against you in life. It's going to always be some things. It's going to always be some things. But unlearning behaviors take work. Doing things different from what your mother did, making the cornbread different from what your mother did, not eating pork or not doing the, the traditional holiday thing, which it takes, a, you have to unlearn that stuff. Hold on, don't disrespect my mama cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> my mama got good cornbread. I know. But the, but the thing about it, I mean, it, people frown upon you. I said, I said, I'm not going to be here for Thanksgiving or Christmas like in the next couple of years to come because I don't want to do that tradition. I even said, I said, I have a seafood Thanksgiving. You're going to have seafood for Thanksgiving? Like, it's so deep. It's so deep that you are frowned upon for saying, like, I'm not going to really be buying my baby toys for Christmas. I'm not going to do all this for Christmas. be different. Exactly. Everything is crazy when people don't understand it, but it's so much deeper than that. And all this program stuff where it's like, buy, spend money you don't have. Eat stuff that you shouldn't be eating. Talk to your kids. Holler at them. Beat them. Even when they, they just being kids. Beat, they, beat them. Girl, senseless. I'm telling you, when I saw that quote that said, the way that you talk to your kids becomes their inner voice. Mm-hmm. That has stuck with me since I read it. I'm not, now nah, I might, you know, parenting is stressful. Kids, right. it is especially at the age our kids is. Yeah. You know, they just do stuff just to do it. Just to do but it. at the end of the day, I understand and I know my child is a human being. Right. She got feelings. She got wants. Right. She got thoughts. Needs. Yeah. So it's like I'm not gonna sit there. Whatever she want to do, if it ain't gonna hurt her. That's right. I just lost my train of thought. If it ain't gonna hurt her, you gonna let it. You gonna allow her to do it. Yeah, you know she gotta. Just like we all had to find our path and find our way through the world, right. they have to do that. Right. We can't. We can't dictate. Like, say I want to be a basketball player, mm-hmm. and I, I, ain't, I ain't trying to live spontaneously through my child. Like she. Is that the right word? Vicariously. Yeah, vicariously. I'm not <laughs> trying to live through my child like that. I'm going to Yeah, I ain't, I ain't trying to do that. I want her to be her own individual person. Right. Not not like a mini form of me, the Lord knows. Right. You know, but... You definitely have kids. Or you have to, in my, in my book, I make sure y'all go to Amazon.com and get the Non-Perfect Guide to Parenting. In the book, 
I speak on, um, I have a little session where I speak on, and it's about the, the third, probably the third, I don't really call them chapters, I say the third guy, um, uh, besides the intro, and it's called Talk, Talk, and Listen. And originally it was called Talk, Talk, and Listen too, And it was basically me saying, you know, we are, I was a kid before. We are sponges. We don't have a choice but to listen to the fights, the arguments, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, the I can't pay this, the I can't buy this, the I can't make it, the cries, the going over here, shut up, sit down. We are, we don't have no choice. We didn't have a choice. We do, Some of us didn't even have doors on our rooms or the doors going to stay open. Don't close no door in my house. All of this stuff, we didn't have a choice. So in that little chapter, what I say is, yes, talk. Talk to your kids. Talk some more. But as a parent and as a great parent, which nobody is perfect, we have to listen too. They have a voice too. They have an opinion too. We are, we, as kids, you are like their counselor. You're listening to somebody all day. And they don't have to get no feedback from you or nothing. You could just literally vent to your kid all day. And they don't, we don't listen to them. Shut up. You don't have no place in this. Get out of my, shut up, sit down. And that's all you have to say. And I sit here and willingly listen to you all day. So that, that dysfunction of the kid don't have no place. If I say shut up and sit down, okay, to a certain extent. But don't just feel like you're supposed to be the one talking, talking, talking. And just because you're adult, you always right. You know, and when you start to find a peace of mind, you learn about perspective. Everybody has a perspective. A kid can teach you something. And you got to be open to understanding that if that kid came from you, and that's your kid, and that's how I feel about my baby. I birthed her. So I know everything about her is great. Okay? So why would I not want to listen to her opinion or listen to what my baby got to say when she opened her mouth? Because I know she's great. It came from me. You know what I mean? So what other... What, why would I not want to listen to her? And yet we, like I said, it's talk, talk, and listen to. Talk to these kids about life. Talk to these kids about so many other things. Like, have a great relationship. Bond. Let your kid know when you can't do something, you can do something. But make sure you listen to your kid. Your kid has a voice. Your kid is a pure soul. These kids have no reason. They don't owe us lies. These kids are telling, telling us the things we need to hear. These kids are our second voice because they are they here for everything you go through. So what they say matters. What they feel matters. They didn't ask to be here. We didn't ask to be here. You know what I mean? So I definitely, I definitely suggest y'all make sure y'all go pick up the non-perfect guide to parenting on Amazon.com. Definitely talk about some good stuff in there. But definitely talk, talk, and listen too. I'm big on that. I listen to everything my baby say when she get out of daycare. Every every time I pick her up, I say, what you did today, baby? Now she just shortened it to be something being good. But she used to tell me that she'll give me play for play. And Jamarca did this and then. And Brother did this and Jakira did that. And she'll just tell me everything. So, you know, definitely talk to these kids. It is essential for you to talk to your kid and listen to your kid. You are not above them because you are an adult. You do not supposed to feel like you don't listen to your kid because you are an adult. My parents and motto. Be the you you needed or wish you had when you was younger. Right. That's a favorite. Don't know who made it. But shout out to them. It's, it's, it's in a nutshell, that small sentence says mm-hmm. everything. everything. Sure does. Like, I don't. My baby, I be like, give me a hug, baby. She be like, no. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to force her to give me one. That's that Leo, baby. 
Well, I do force it sometimes, but still. But you have to. Repetition. The more I force yeah. you and I get and I put that hug on you, the more you just gonna start opening up and do it. A lot of us don't have patience to be repetitive with our kids and understand that it takes time. They kids. It takes time for them to get it. You know what I mean? They're not going to get it the first and second try. It takes time for them to get it. So with patience, we learn to be repetitive and keep giving them what they need, and they start giving us back what we need. Mm-hmm. You need these kids. These kids ain't here for no reason. Mm-mm. We need these kids. Some people, that's all they have to thrive off of and push is these kids. You know? So just like you said, be be who you needed when you were younger. And I love that because a lot of people, like I say, they try to beat them out of their kids. And you know your kid is doing most of the things that you did or most of the things that you've been teaching them or most of the things they've been seeing or they probably get it from their dad, they probably get it from their mama, grandma, they could skip a couple generations. But you can't beat you out of your kid. Believe it or not, and a lot of people will never admit to this, Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people jealous of their kids. Mm -hmm. Well, I I went through this. Why they can't go Go through through it? it, right. And that we supposed to have it easier. You know? That's the dumbest shit. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard of. When they say you're supposed to have it easier? No. When they say, I went through this, oh, why yeah. you can't go through it? Yeah. What make you so special? What make you special is you came up out of me. Right. Exactly. See, we don't realize those little words. Like, girl, like I, when I hear people when girls say, call their baby. Out of oh, their name. Oh, girl, I knew you were finna say Don't that. call, you know, that I, that's one. trigger. Girl, that blows my blood. Don't, don't never call your kid out of their name. That's, that's your kid. What's your little stupid? That's hey, your man. kid. You had that kid. If, it, if if the kid, if you call your kid stupid, your child stupid, then, I mean, they get it from you. You know what I mean? So you talking down on a, with something that yeah, came out of you. Saying, oh, I can't do this. I'm stupid. Exactly. They going to believe that. Exactly. Because you're the most important person in their life. Exactly. you the number one source of validation. Yeah, my mama say I'm stupid. I got to be. How you think enabling come about? Hmm. When, when, when people get enabled, most guys, most girls get enabled, they inner voice being a parent voice. Everything you do is right. You're not doing nothing wrong. No, baby, you slapped him. You, you slap him back. Do this, do this. They look into their mama. When your mama voice is that number one dependent, that you depend on that voice to say, you right, go and keep on doing what you're doing. That's that voice you need to keep thriving and going. So when you tell me I'm ugly, oh, I'm ugly. When you tell me I'm stupid, oh, I'm stupid because it's coming from my mother. You know, or it's my coming from my father. Used to always say to me when I was younger. My mama, you know, I don't never, I, ain't, I never felt like I had like a close relationship to her, with her. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she had some struggles. Shout out to my mom, I love you. And Stephanie. But you know, it's like she used to always like, you know, I used to love academics in school. Mm-hmm. Make good grades. I used to be at home and be like, that's my smart child. You right always there. been a smart girl. Smart girl. They used to pump me up. Like, yeah, my mama said, I'm smart. And I'm finna mm-hmm. go and ace this test. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, you gotta you gotta put that confidence in your kids. Man. Right. And as like I said, when I used to make good grades. We just get rewarded. We get money with you. Whatever it was, but that, that kept you like, man, if I do this, I'm going to get this. If I do this, I'm going to get this. And it lets you know they count, they seeing what you're doing. Yep. You know and what I mean? I was promised something. If I got good grades, got good grades, I can get what I was promised, and I ain't care about it no more. No more. Exactly. So you rewarding. It's like a dog. You rewarding the good behavior. Keeping promises. Keeping promises. Um, I say financially. We'll, okay, say financially generational curses. Um. What do you feel like could have been done different on the finances for you to be a more 
financially aware or literate person at this point in your life? Uh, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but there's drugs. You know, we would get an allowance as kids. But, you know, addiction take over. You broke, but you still want to scratch that itch. Oh, I gave them such and such. Let me go and get this from them. Not me. I'm going to spend it as soon as I get it. Right. Just so I can at least enjoy, enjoy my money right. and it not be gone. Now, I will say, I have... Well, you, you, you done with you done, you didn't stop me plenty of times in the store trying to go crazy and buy something I don't yes, need Lord. just because I want it and can't afford it. But it's like, ain't going to stop you. I'm about to really be stopping these next couple months. <sighs> Hallelujah. Man. But yeah, I say I that, you know, um, I feel like I have gotten better with it, with, with my managing money. Yeah. Especially like with my child, like. I ain't got to buy her no $60 Nike outfit or no right. 100 and some dollar shoes. I'm not doing that. Not she a beautiful little girl. She don't need all that. That's right. That's what mine's coming in at, I would say. Just as far as I feel like my mama came out of arm and a leg with us wearing Jordan's, Nike's, name brand, expensive stuff, trying to keep this up, trying to keep that up, and getting to the point where we don't want to go to school Monday and we didn't get the shoes on Saturday. With me, I have not bought my baby a pair of Jordans. I rarely buy her tennis shoes because I boots and cute sandals and she dresses like a cute little girl. And I love that. That gives me joy to do that. So as far as me, I already have my kid. Like I tell, I've, t- I've been telling people this. I didn't get wit. I didn't get stamps. I don't get stamps. We don't get stamps together. You know what I mean? Shout out the wig and EBT. Yeah, for real, because I mean, woo. Everybody know? need to get stamps and wig, man. I say, by me not doing that, people's like, well, kids expensive. When I was pregnant, I speak about that in my book, too. Um, make sure I go to Amazon, I come and get the non-perfect guide to parenting. I speak about that. It was so many people, they was like, um, it's going to be expensive having kids. That is a program, again, generational mindset. It is not expensive with kids, for me, what I feel like this, especially not with a little girl. We had my, you know, my child, mother. We both, we both, we we put in diapers, milk. I stayed ahead of the game. I made sure the diaper. I didn't even let the box get halfway. We get more. We stayed ahead of the game. I didn't even have to buy diapers until like a fourth month. So it's like we stayed ahead again. Then on milk, we stayed ahead of the game. When it was time, when she was one, we offered. I feel like this. As a mother, we put ourselves in that debt and that expensive stuff because we buy things that we like. Your kid don't know about Jordan Nike, Tommy Hill, Figure, Polo, and nothing else because you put that on them. You force labels on them. You force brands Society. on them. Y'all throwing thousand dollar parties for a one year old birthday, baby. Back. And to each his own. True. If you have it, but. You got to look at the de- the bigger picture. It creates these kids with this mindset, and they grow up thinking they're supposed to be entitled to getting these things and getting these things, and then you create a material monster. And I'm telling you, I know firsthand, okay? I mean, it ain't nothing wrong with, you know, having Woo. your kids having nice stuff. But, it, you know, because that's going to make them want to work for it. That's right. But it's a line you have to tread. Right. 
Mama ain't finna be, I'm not finna be sitting in my house. My baby got some joints on, but she can't even see the shoes and the dog with the lights cut on. Okay. I ain't doing that. Wow. Just... You better speak, Pastor Cheatham. <laughs> speak on it now. I mean, what with financial literacy? Lord have mercy. Well, if it ain't one thing I know, I'm going to drill credit into my baby. Yeah. And then, look, let me tell you something. My mom, I will say this. I'm going to say this to my mama. Shout out to my mama, Nicole. I would say this. What up, Cole? When we were little, when we were little, she always used to say stuff like this. Don't have no babies. Don't have no babies early. Don't mess up your credit. Don't get no car note. We say this is the, these are the things that she used to say. Don't get no car note. Make sure your background and your picture look straight. Don't never take no picture in your background junkie. Don't stare at people. I don't care what they look like. Do not stare at people. That's rude. Don't hang with girls. Girls are messy. They envious. They jealous. They're going to be jealous of what you got. They try to use, use, use you up. She used to tell us this six, seven, five, six, seven, eight years of walk oh, around the house and saying this stuff. So I would definitely say, you know, it was things that was drilled into our head. And I didn't mess with my credit until I got like right when I was finna go to college and I got that credit card. Shout out to my auntie Mika Price. Yeah, Mika, to talk me into getting that credit card. I had a $300 limit. And I ain't even spending $300, but I ain't paid the minimum, and I ain't paid nothing, so I guess it was me. But I had I had three jobs, so I'm thinking, like, man, I got this. You know what hey, I mean? Maybe learn. But um, I will say that, far as, like you said, credit, those financial things and the generational curses, like, I, I feel like I don't buy my baby, and I don't overbuy. I see something I like, I'd be like, ooh, I would sit and ponder on it. And I walk past it. Because now my mindset is just programmed to know that you can't buy what you like for a kid. She has no say in saying, I like this or not, I like this. When she starts saying, Mama, okay, can I, okay, I can get this. Uh, okay, now, okay, we'll think about getting this now. But I'm not going to go in the store and buy everything I like. I'm creating my baby taste. You know what I mean? So at, at that point, it's like I'm just buying this, buying this. Now, now only am I creating her taste. I'm putting a big bill on me. I don't have to buy that. She didn't say she wanted that. They, you know, they got mad at me about the, about Christmas. My baby was six months, seven years old. Even one or two, I say, I'm not buying my baby nothing for Christmas. She's six, seven months old. You ain't buying that baby nothing. Then she one years old. You ain't buying that baby nothing. Christmas is not about gifts, man. Why even put that type of pressure on yourself oh, as a parent? Mm -hmm. My main objective with that is going to be to teach my baby. And don't you start with that. The real, the real meaning. Yeah. You got, I mean, with just everything we get, we like. Then I was like, I said again, outfits and stuff. We got outfits for Easter. We got outfits for Fourth of July. We don't even know the real mean. Fourth of July ain't even Fourth of July. Shout out to Juneteenth. But we, 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 we just out here buying stuff. Cause somebody told us to do it. It's programmed, and we doing it. We doing it. We doing it. We doing it. And we don't even have to be doing it. Why are we getting an effort for every holiday? That ain't even no real holiday. These. That's what I'm saying. And our parents are programmed for that, and it keeps going and going and going. Even with student loans and 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 and, and, and trying to get grants. Still to this day, my mama talking about go back to school. You supposed to be. You supposed to be going back to school for a lawyer. She don't even know I'm seeing her with student loan day. Go back to school for what? When I could have went and got a free money, free grant, if I would have had that education on that, you know, now I make the mistakes so I can know for my baby to do better. Now I know. Mm -hmm. But we didn't have that. None of my none of my people in my family was pretty much like well versed on that, like to say that. Shout out to Rashonda Goodlidge, my cousin. She definitely helped me with applying and stuff and, and dealing with Miles College. You know, but 
we my nobody else in my family, immediate family, they wouldn't versed on no college and no Pell grants and no student loans and this and this. So now we know better. And we can't send these kids, hey, what you want to do? Pressuring them. You need to go to school with education. Yeah, education is. But you can't force things on these kids out here and they don't want to do it and end up in debt. You push them out the house. Now they in school debt. Then you pushing them out the house. Now they got the apartment. Now they in deeper debt. Let these kids take their time and get their mind right. Because you 18, 19, 20, you have no idea what you want to do with your life. Glad you brought that up. One thing that I feel like we as black people have to stop, as black people have to stop doing. When these children turn 18 to 19, we ain't got to kick them out. Okay. Or push them out the door. Because ain't nobody else doing it. But us. Let them stay home. Let them stack. Right. Help let, them stack. Exactly. When they get ready to leave, let them be able to put down six months on whatever they going. Right whether it's a mortgage or they rent some. Right on. Get them a step ahead. That's what, you know, I know you want to live your life and you want to. Because think about it. No. You 18. I didn't, I'm telling you, I was, so I was about to change my major. I wanted to, I wanted to do psychology. Then my psychology teacher, she was like, Ms. White, she was like, you really need to do this. I'm like, why? You know what? She had, I really need to do this. And I wanted to do that with psychology. I was good in the class. Then I'm like, man, if I do that, I'm going to have to start out of these class. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I'm contemplating all this. I'm 18, 19. Then you, don't let you have a boyfriend and be trying to have your head in the boys and the girls. Then you... You you working, then you you so frustrated with that home life, you want to get out and be on your own. So now, you got all this jumbled up, and you 18, 19, 20, trying to figure life out. I was just talking to a guy that worked with me, and he was talking about he ready to move. He 18. Oh, man. No, the company I work for is a good company. Right on. Especially when you, you stick with it. Uh-huh. I told him, I said, boy, please, do not leave. If your mom ain't got no problem with you being there, mm-hmm. and you could save your money up and get you a foot ahead, I said, I guarantee you, your mom going to be on board. With well. And he was like, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to listen. I said, man, you better. Because. Yeah. We got to do better. You know what I mean? And we got we got to be out here. It's our duty to be out here educating. Everywhere I go, I'm telling you, every moment is a teaching moment for me. They be like, man, right now. I'm like, listen. And I get serious. I'm like, listen to me. I did this so y'all don't have to do it. I, I got student loan debt so you don't have to get it. I did this and then I got tickets and stuff so you won't have to do it. That's another generation that's like like criminal activity. Look. You know nothing about all that, baby girl. Well, I, I, I will say this. I'll say this. My mama had tickets and warrants and stuff. And then I started driving when I was 10 years old. I never forget my mama had a cut list. And um, I had to drive it around the corner because they was going to give us a ticket. It was part, you know how Central City meet us. It was mm-hmm. part. So I had, to, I had to drive it, run downstairs for the police kind, the meter maid kind. had to drive it around the corner. And when I got that taste of driving, whew, it just ran. It did something to me. I wanted I, I just felt like I was going to hit my first. I heard me hit my first match of dope or something. I just wanted to do it and do it and do it and do it and do it. I was 10 years old when I first started driving. I never stopped driving. When I got 12, when I was 12 and 13, I was getting pulled over, getting three tickets at a time. Do you hear me? Shout out to George Barnes. Rest in peace to George Barnes at Municipal Court. Judge Chappelle, Judge, all of them down there. I've been in that court more than 75 times in and out. Do you hear me? And I'm talking about repaying for tickets, repaying for tickets. Shout out to Ronald Trust at Municipal Court. He wiped away some of my tickets, man, in order for me to do my internship down there. When I went to college, I still had tickets on me. He wiped some of my stuff away, and I just want to say, 
Starring off, even with, like I said, criminal things. That's un- That'd be an unconscious thing. You just see things, you, you do it, and you don't even think twice about it. I was picking up tickets 12, 13 years. I wouldn't even know whether to have a driver's license. And I was getting tickets out the wazoo. Okay. For real, for real. So we just got to teach these kids every way we can. Whatever you did not like as a kid, please be prepared to learn that patience, to put in that work with your kids so they can be 10 times better than you was and 20 times better than your mother and 30 times better than your father and 40 times better than the grandparents and 50 times better than the great grands. Okay? Because we have to put in work. These kids require work. They did not ask to be here. We know better. We got to do better. We have to break these generational curses. We cannot keep going with this, this, all these different kinds of abuse, mental, verbal, physical, all these abuse, all this financial illiterate. We, we, we don't have no financial literacy, all of this bad health habits and bad eating and thinking working out is, is whack and, and thinking meditation or whatever it is, you find peace of mind and going to get your feet done and taking time for yourself, thinking you can't have time for yourself. That's what our parents, a lot of our parents was frustrated. They needed time for themselves. All these things have been going on for generations and they are said to be dysfunctional and we keep going with these patterns and it's dysfunction, dysfunction and dysfunction and we won't stop. So my people, I say this to say, we have to end. We don't have to just break. We have to end these generational curses. These things have to be abolished. We cannot keep going on. Once you know better in life, you have to do better. No matter the work required to get. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it takes. Whatever you did not like in your house growing up, whatever you did not feel right about things that your parents did or said to you, you cannot pass this on to your kids for it is essential. It is imperative for their growth, their kids' growth, your grandkids' growth. You have to do what is needed in order to keep these kids on the right path and break these curses so we won't have to keep this going for generations and generations to come. And we won't blame nobody for it because now we know better. We won't blame nobody for it. We're just going to do what's needed. We're going to start doing the right things. It's easy to point our finger. It's easy to keep blaming your mama. It's easy to keep blaming your daddy. It's easy to keep blaming people. But now we're going to fix us. And when you fix yourself, then you start to portray those and put those right things to your kids. Then you start to give your kids what you need. We're going to start with us. We don't have to go back and, and have certain talks with our grandparents or our mothers and stuff like that. If they don't want to talk and they don't want to listen, we don't have to do it. Let's start with fixing you. Let's start with making sure you doing what you need to do and you pass it on to your kids. And boom, we breaking it right there. It's coming to an end right here. It starts with us, it ends with us. We have to make sure that we don't allow these generational curses to lead on for more generations and more generations and more generations to come. We have to do what these kids need us. These kids are our future. Greatness is in our DNA. Some of us haven't discovered it yet. Some of us have. We must display this in everyday life. Display your greatness. Show these kids the greatness. Teach these cre- these kids about their greatness. 
We got to break these generational curses. I was on my soapbox for a minute. What you got to say to the people, Slim? Take it. Take it. That's because we created these kids. Don't give us the right to mess them up. Wow. That was deep. That's my child. You can't tell me nothing about my child. Another thing, be open to advice. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't, you know, do what you feel is best for your child, but don't don't close yourself off to advice. That's right. And y'all quote this. This is a Britney Price quote. A closed mind is a polluted mind. A closed mind is a polluted mind. You have all these things you have learned that you have to unlearn, but you got all these things floating around and now you're not letting nothing in. You're not letting nothing out. You just got this stuff floating all around and been floating around for years. You ain't learning nothing new. You ain't doing nothing new. It's just garbage, you know. So you make sure you keep an open mind to everything that somebody has to say. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to do what they say, but make sure you keep an open mind and keep this thing going. When you know better in life, you do better. It's time to break these generational curses, y'all. It's time. It starts with you. It ends with you. It don't have to go back no further. You don't have to talk to your mom about it. You don't have to talk to your grandma about it. You start today. Start to become a better person. Go listen to all my podcast episodes. Make sure you're doing everything you need to do to work on yourself. Become a better person. And I'm telling you, you're going to get those kids everything they need and more. And that goes for people with kids, no kids, but nieces and nephews. That's too. right. Be the change you want to see. And be the person you needed when you were younger. And on that note, we're going to say peace out. Peace.